We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, October 30th. And you know what we do on Mondays? It's Mondays with McCool. I bring in James McCool, the co author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15 hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com, as well as the advanced players course with the custom Excel tools that, that I use in tandem to uh, to build my, my NFL. DFS lineups, as well as another tool that is coming out today on Roto Grinders. So uh, keep your eyes peeled on that. We'll be talking a little bit more about it tomorrow and uh, maybe a little bit more about it with James uh, in the following weeks. Hit that thumbs up button, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Good morning, everyone in the chat. Cobra Kai is back, says, Imagine being the dummy who tried Damian Pierce yesterday. Why didn't I click? Gus Edwards instead. James, Damian Pierce was like easily could have had two touchdowns. I mean, if you were, yeah, you were I mean, watching, I mean, he he literally got in the end zone, pretty uh, practically got in the end zone, and then he got stuffed like twice on another goal line carry. So, I mean, those those are the margins when it comes to comes to running backs. When it comes to is is Lamar Jackson going to have two rushing touchdowns or is Gus Edwards going to have three rushing touchdowns? It comes down to who gets stuffed and who gets who what's the play called and who gets stuffed and if you don't get stuffed you win and if you do get stuffed you lose. So as far as your Sunday, did you get stuffed or did you get unstuffed? <laughs> I got stuffed. Um, I thought I played this week well, but uh, I ended up like trying to push for a min cash uh, towards the end of the day. I came up short, like less than one fantasy point on the last Trey McBride catch or something like that. Like, I, I think that was what killed me. Um, it, it just is what it is. Uh, I, I was buried about seven minutes in the slate when Bryce Hall 68 yard rece- receiving touchdown. 
and then only finished with like 15 actual rushing yards for the entire day. So it's just it's just one of those days. I thought that that I played it well, and maybe I was a little bit too uh, contrarian in things when I looked at my ownerships um, after the fact. I was like, yeah, I probably could have had a little bit more chalk here or there, but I thought I thought that I played well and just didn't get anything for it. Well, two things that I noticed on on Sunday that. We had 13 games, a lot with lower totals, but a lot of these games actually went over their total. I mean, the, the games actually were halfway decent for fantasy scoring. And when you mentioned that that contrarian approach, it made more sense, even though the chalk condensed more at running back. Like the the, the heuristic would be that okay, we got we got I could I could bring it up on uh on uh, results DB. Right, which is free, rotogrinders.com slash results DB. I'll take a look at the Millie. Right, we take a look at this running back ownership. I mean, it's really like very condensed on like Bryce, Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, Isaiah Pacheco. And the wide receiver ownership was much more spread out. Right. Mm-hmm. You had Flowers, Thielen, Brown, Collins got up to 20%, which I, I don't I, I didn't I was blown away by that. That yeah. high. Uh but it paid, it turned out that it that your natural inclination would be to, well, if I'm going to, people are going to play Brees Hall, I'll play Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift or Bijan Robinson or Damian Pierce or what, you know, some of the, some, some of these other guys. And then a wide receiver, it's like, like it's so spread out that you don't feel like that other than what I thought was maybe Zay Flowers was like the only thing of like, okay, well don't play. Like I didn't play Zay Flowers as a one-off. Like I was gonna, if I was gonna play, say Flowers as was being a Lamar stack, which was the highest owned quarterback. But it turns out that really, if, if you ate the chalk at running back, and then found a way to get different combinations at wide receiver, that was kind of the path to first place. And bringing up this this ownership, I mean, how 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 much how owned did you think Brees Hall was going to be? Because I think the I think the surprise to me, the surprise was Tony Pollard because I projected Tony Pollard to be nearly 20% owned. And in the Millie, he came in at nine. And we see the difference between uh, the, the the $20 Millie and the 555 Millie. Like Pollard was 21%. Like, look, look at this yeah. running back ownership in the 555. This is what I expected. I expected four running backs to be chalky. All mm-hmm. Kamara, Pacheco, and Pollard. What order? I don't know. I expected Hall to be number one, but then I don't know. The next three kind of like there's a mix there. But then you go to the the, the twenty dollar milli, and you had McCaffrey, you had Taylor, you had Etienne, you had guys more owned than Pollard. Seem like they're like the regular folks, the good old, the unwashed masses. They don't uh, they don't they don't like Tony Pollard, and the uh, the spreadsheet virgins, like we we. We could we modeled Tony Pollard as a as an elite running back for an offense that had a 26 implied point total in a game where they scored 43 points. And if you told me before the slate, the Cowboys were going to score 43 points on offense. I mean, I had to Pollard in six out of 12 of my lineups. I may have just lock buttoned him into 12 and then I would have woken up and been like, how does he only have six and a half points? What happened? <laughs> so you were you were you? Were you much, were you higher 
on projecting ownership for Pollard, but did you also like project him well? Like, what would your running back for your personal, like from a player projection standpoint? What I I call and on a I think Davis said on on his uh, the the Gilcast that the the models in the industry were like wish casting Tony Pollard were were uh, were you know trying to hopiuming you know it was eating the hopium sucking in the hopium. Like it can't, it can't be that you, these Cowboys games, like this year, have been like outside of two standard deviations of like how they run out from either a blowout perspective or an inefficiency perspective or did the defense is scoring touchdowns. What should Tony should going forward should Tony Pollard project the way? that he projects because I could see like, I think the, the pricing's already come out for next week's slate. I know they're facing the Eagles, but Paul is going to come down to like, like the same prices like Pacheco and, and Taylor and, you know, 6,300. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that I'll be looking at that going. Yep. Clicking that button again. Is he going to, is he just going to turn into fancy Joe Mixon? Well, he's already fancy Joe Mixon. Uh -oh. I think. Um, what did what did what did your industry aggregate have him projected for? What I, I don't I don't have that up, but I I had Tony Pollard as the top uh, running back in raw points. Uh, oh, second no. highest running. No, CMC had the highest raw points, okay. but Tony Pollard had outside like like he had this he had he had slight like I think the aggregate was slightly higher on Pollard than Kamara. Although I think Kamara's range of outcomes is much now, like in cash games and on DraftKings, I played Paul Kamara Pacheco. I played Kamara over Pacheco only because Kamara's range of outcomes with his target share is just so massive that like a game where he fails, he gets 12 to 15 points. Right. right? And Pollard a, a little bit more touchdown dependent, but they were, if, if you told me you had Kamara a point higher than Pollard, I would, that, that would be fine. But like, Pollard was clearly projected better than than everyone. I mean, all these other six K running backs, like by far. I had Tony Pollard projected for sixteen point one four. You were low. You were low. That's a that's a low. That's a lower number. Yeah, I was lower on him than the industry. That's why I asked. Uh, I had so my running back pecking order was Christian McCaffrey at the top at twenty two point. At Alvin Kamara second at twenty point five. Then I and then I had Raheem Mostert at eighteen point six, so that was where I was significantly different when, on the industry was Raheem Mostert being RB three. He came in at three percent owned in the one fifty. I was yeah, I, was I, I had him higher. I I projected him to be like six percent, seven percent owned. Yeah, I I had him projected in ownership at four percent. So I I mean I saw that and like I I was like, he has the second best odds down of any player on the entire slate right behind Chris McCaffrey like at four percent owned that's hilarious so look, look at our boy I, I look at our there. James look at our boy I just wanted to highlight look at our boy here at three percent owned yeah 5800 Joe Mixon scored 20 points fancy fan, he's uh he's fan, boring he's, Tony Pollard right boring Tony Pollard outscored fancy Joe Mixon yeah so Pollard the 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 thing about it is that like He's this this is gonna be a hot take. 
he's just not the guy. You know, he's just not the guy. We we see it all the time. We see, and this is like this is like hand in the dirt football knowledge, right? Where like there's guys that can handle being the dude, and then there's guys that can are a really good compliment. Um, the other like prime example of this was Juju Smith Schuster, who was so good as a wide receiver too. So good when he could just like in the zone because everybody was ignoring him for Antonio Brown. He was so good as a wide receiver too. And then he becomes wide receiver one. And it's like the dude can't beat man coverage. Like he, he literally cannot beat press coverage. He's too weak. So that kind of a situation with a wide receiver where like a wide receiver goes from being a wide receiver two to being a wide receiver one. We see Thielen right now is just shredding as a wide receiver one, right? Like that dude, his route running is so good and his ability to beat man coverage and, and beat those press so good but we never really saw it with him as a wide receiver too right so with pollard when we have these receiving backs it's kind of the same thing with um with deandre swift right like deandre swift he was so good as the satellite back and like he's been really good with the eagles this year too right like he he can probably play as a one but he was so good as as an rb2 to come in and spell for Jamal Charles or for uh, Jamal Williams, Jamal Charles Williams and Pollard was so good coming behind Zeke because what defenses were planning for and, and what he was able to do, his efficiency lied in being the, the running back too. And now that Pollard has to be the one and has to be the volume guy and has to try to wear down the defense himself. He's just not that guy. He's just, he's just not a, a running back one. So his efficiency is down. His fantasy points per touch is down. His goal line usage is there, but he sucks on the goal. Like he just, he's just not built for that role that you gotta, you gotta have a certain kind of build for that kind of role. I mean, people always made fun of Zeke for being fat or whatever, but like, if you're going to be sprinting into 300 pound linemen, <laughs> you gotta have some meat on your bones. You know, it's one of the reasons why David Montgomery can do it because he's, he's kind of a chunky dude. So I just think this is this is my hands in the dirt opinion on Tony Pollard, but his efficiency is just not where people want it to be. And people are going to hang on to him for like years until he RB3 on the Steelers. And it's the same thing with Le'Veon Bell. Like people are going to treat him like Le'Veon Bell, hang on to the glory years, and he's just not going to be the guy. He's, he's just not. Here, here's another dude that could be the guy, and he could have been the guy yesterday. What was the deal with Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I didn't play Jonathan Taylor in my 12 lineups, but he goes 12 for 94 in the first half and then nothing. And then Zach Moss is in. Like, have you seen a team run running backs that way? Of like, okay, well, we're going to give you all the work in the first half and the other guy, you get all the work in the second half. I'm sure plenty of people were like high-fiving in the first half. You know, he played $6,200 Jonathan Taylor, who could be the guy. He's one of those people that could be the guy. And you figure Zach Moss, he's not the guy. The Colts, 12, and he breaks off a big run. He's, I mean, like, like, oh, he's six yards from the bonus. It's halftime. Like, this is obviously going to end up being, you know, you're going to need Jonathan Taylor in order to win. No, no Taylor, no cash. And then he ends with the same exact stat line. And you go, what happened? Right? It's like, and it's not like this wasn't like a a non-competitive game. It's like this this was a competitive game. Uh, 
when he didn't score the touchdown, he got mad and complained on the sideline. And then coach was like, we got another running back that has been fantastic without you here. It's going to use him in the second half. If you want to be a dick about it. That's not confirmed. And, uh, you're just speculating. You're speculating. I'm just speculating. But okay. like the the way that that played out, man, and with the way the off season happened with Jonathan Taylor, and he's already on like thin ice with the organization, and blah 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 blah. You know, I I just think that that there are kind of two two makes sense scenarios of that one where he got into the doghouse because he complained about not getting the touchdown after doing all the work, and then the other side aggravated his ankle. Um, there's kind of those two things, and I. I haven't seen anything about him aggravating an ankle and usually there's more of a hush about doghouse stuff. So more, more, uh, more hand in the dirt football knowledge guy things. But I just think that he pissed off the coaches and they're, they just turned Zach Moss second half. Since we're on running backs, I, I got to bring up our, you know, our, our weekly discussion on this guy, $6,000 on yesterday's slate. I took a shot in one lineup because I'm just going to martingale this until until it works out. Bijan Robinson, he did score a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. He got 11 carries. Yep. He got no targets. It yep. Ritter came out of the game and, and Heineke came in. Is 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 Bijan another one of those? I mean, I yeah, he's a rookie. I mean, it's not like he's not over the hill or anything, but is he is he one of those people where mm-hmm. like he's he's fancy, he's 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 more like fancy Curtis Samuel or fancy Rondell more like the like we view him as like oh the starting running back for the Falcons but the Falcons don't view him as the starting running back of the Falcons and they don't even consider him Arthur Smith is not like let me get Bijan into space by throwing these you know screen passes or slants or something and it's like no Tyler Algier is our starting running back and then we'll throw out Bijan to throw like like he looks at it as oh the defense will think Bijan is out there so they're going to have to put like a nickel back on him for coverage and to screw with their head. We're just going to rush him up the middle. Right. Like, like, like it's like, Oh, so you wasted your defensive coverage for us to not throw the ball to him. Like, that's what it seems like. Like, how do you go this, especially the game that was played out by the Falcons that Bijan has 11 touches and none of them are a reception and not even, I, I don't, I don't think he had a single target. Arthur Smith's a Chad dude. <laughs> he just he just doesn't care, man. He's uh, I, it, I, it there, there's not really a logical answer for what Arthur Smith is doing. Like the the best tweet that came out of yesterday, Arthur Smith had the tight end two throw to the tight end three while Kyle Pitts was blocking in the red zone. <laughs> He's such. He's such an alpha, dude. He just does not care at all. He just, <laughs> just trolls everyone every single week. And, like, the thing is, we would think it was hilarious. We would think it was hilarious if they were a really bad team, right? Like, we would think it was so funny if they were really bad. And, like, if the if management and the owners were like, we're getting rid of this Arthur Smith guy, he's – He's doing these things and wasting our talent and everything like that. But they win enough games to be in playoff consideration. So, 
And that's why everybody's so mad about it. It's because like this team could be really good. And like, for sure, I think that if this team were coached by a Kyle Shanahan or a, or a Sean McVay or, you know, one of these offensive coaches, like I, I do think that um, it could be something where this team could be really, really good. But one, Ritter's not the guy. Like we we pretty much know that Ritter's not the guy. And their offensive line is fine, but not incredible. Okay, like this team has some holes. They just have B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts. And I guess Drake London, even though Drake London has not been incredible this year. So like, I just think that Arthur Smith's hilarious. I love the guy. I love every game plan that he throws out there. And I love watching people tilt, still trying to say, we know that this is what should be happening. Why are you not doing it? And Arthur Smith just like flipping the bird every every ounce along the way, every yard gained by Michael Pruitt is just another you know notch in his beard against the fantasy community. It's the best thing that I've ever seen. Donnie Watson says in the chat, would Andy Reid be mocked for doing it, or would it be a smart play call? And my response right. to that, I I but my response to that is that. And remember, I'm not I'm not a football takes person. From what I gather, Andy Reid's play calling, especially around the goal line, he's putting the ball in the hands of his best players. Like even mm-hmm. the trickery with Tyree Kill, and now you had Kadarius have Kadarius Tony. It's a it's a flip to Kelsey. You have Mahomes at quarterback. Like we're like yeah, these are little fancy plays, and maybe maybe yeah, the third tight end is the one that catches the touchdown. But it was all orchestrated by all the the actual skillful players on the team. The Falcons are doing these like it's James. Would we be talking about this type of play calling if it was like he flipped he flipped it to Drake London and threw it to Kyle Pitts? It's like to Bijan. Like you take a look at Bijan, Drake London, right. and Kyle Pitts, and you go, if the play calling was that play calling and it involved those people. We'd be like, okay, that's that that's that seems like like something, but it's like Johnu Smith and Michael Pruitt and Tyler Algier and and third wide receivers that are off the practice squad. It's like, no, we're gonna draw up complex plays and we're gonna have the guys that like are on like league minimum do it when we have like our top draft picks and our, our best skill position players, like they're the decoys. Like, and it's not just one. It's not like, okay, it's not like the Tyreek Hill situation with the Dolphins. It's like, if they want to use Tyreek Hill as a decoy and constantly throw to Durham Smythe, like, that's one thing. But it's like, no, we have three decoys. Like, we, we can use the okay, decoys in any way that we out. want. Hear me out, okay? What could be more brilliant than having Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London as terrific decoys that the defense respects because of their pedigree while you just win games with Michael Pruitt. What, like, it's brilliant, dude. It it is literally, I'm going to fight my cat, but it is brilliant that he is doing, like, think about it. Like, that could be an actual game plan for him. He could be thinking, okay, the defense is going to pay a lot more attention to Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson and Drake London. And when they're in the game doing things, the defense is going to overcommit to them. And then I know that I have NFL that can play in the NFL that like, yeah, they're second string, third string, but they're still NFL players. And they are going to be the ones that are open all of the time because the defense paying too much attention to B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts. Like he's the dude 
is playing 12 D chess. You got rules. <laughs> Could be Travis in uh in the, the chat who's a regular here. He he won James, he won the hundred K at the afternoon slate, GPP. So congratulations. He wanted to ask about bankroll management, but he didn't post the question. So post the question if you want about bankroll. Don't spend it all in one place. Is I mean what what other bankroll management thing? Don't think I think that the the number one thing is as James McCool goes to goes to spend it all in one place. I mean the, the main the main thing when it comes to it is that you're just because you won one slate doesn't make you the god of DFS. You didn't figure it out, right? Variance is a thing. So, like, you know, there are plenty of people that oh, they win a they win a hundred thousand dollars, and next thing you know, they're playing you know the luxury box and they're max entering the milli, right? For for two thousand dollars or whatever like that. I would I I would I would not suggest doing that. Like, but I mean, I'm coming from a much grinder type you know perspective. Of like now, now you have a real bet. Now, now you got a real bankroll. So now we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You, you're not going to be able to replenish a hundred thousand dollars like the snap of fingers, right? So play a small percentage of your bankroll and play it in the, the still try to get the best edges, right? Don't just like spl- I'm going to splurge. I'm going to play the sixteen fifty. I'm going to play ten entries into the five fifty five. Like that's that's just a way to at the end of the you know the next thing you know at the end of the season you're like you're down sixteen thousand dollars. It's like but I want a hundred k yeah because. Because you didn't just auto all all of them automatically figure it out. It's like, oh, I could do this every week. It's like, no, these are these are very, very, very special scenarios. That I'm not saying that it doesn't come out of skill. It's just that you've realized your EV, right? So don't think it's like, oh, well, now that I realize my EV, I'm going to realize my EV like like every week. That like, no, you're not. No, no, you could go six months with that. I mean, like that's this has to have you keep you held up. For the down swings, right? Could be Travis asked, would you keep the whole $100,000 as a bankroll or take some money out to invest 
and play with a smaller. It, it what defines your bankroll is up to. I mean, that's it's not about the money that's in the site. It has nothing to do with that. Like my my bankroll is my whole bankroll isn't on all the sites. I I've I've been in banks and I've been in in a I put in my RO R, uh, IRA. I mean, like this. You have your life role. You have your bankroll. You have I mean, whatever the hell you want to do is, but I mean, I, if you, if you're only going to be playing $500 worth of volume, there's no reason to have a hundred thousand dollars in a DraftKings account. That's accruing no interest. So like, sure. I mean, you could, you could withdraw all, you could run $90,000 and it'd still be part of your bankroll. It just not, doesn't happen to be on DraftKings. And also remember, uh, as uh, Michael Dampier would say in the chat, uh, remember that I would, as of right now, your net profit is probably pretty decent. So probably owe $25,000, in tax if you're in the United States. He's he's, he's in Canada. So he didn't oh, mention he's in Canada. That. Oh, okay. So he's fine. Fine. So all the people who are mentioning taxes, he doesn't have to pay Justin Trudeau. No, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> here's, here's my advice. Uh, God, everybody is just saying taxes. Um, well, people don't have my good, advice. This is, you know how I could, I could, it, James, you know, the biggest tell on winning and losing players. Yeah. The, the winning ones know how to pay taxes on it. Right. The, the biggest winning and losing like, is not knowing how DraftKings or FanDuel does their, the tax documents. Cause that's a sign that you have never gotten a 1099 from DraftKings or FanDuel. They send right. you on for fantasy. They send you a 1099 as if you're like an independent contractor, almost like a misc, a 1099 yeah. misc for your net profit. It doesn't matter. You could never withdraw. It doesn't matter. If you if you made twenty thousand dollars net, they'll send it to you as if they paid you ninety uh, twenty thousand dollars. Right. Even if you yeah. withdrew, you didn't withdraw. Whatever. It's like none of that matters. So like you know, if it could be Travis has, let's say his net profit right now is ninety four thousand dollars or something, right? Like you, if he never played on DraftKings for the rest of the year, he'd get a ten ninety nine. I mean, if he wasn't in Canada, right? Uh, right. well, no, he'd still get it. It's just that he wouldn't have to pay taxes on the, the that income in Canada. Uh, but that that's what you'd get. So it has nothing to do with drawing, not with none of anything involving putting money in and out in sites is has nothing. No, there, I know people, James, top players that literally deposit and withdraw like on a weekly basis. Like they will, they will after Sunday they will withdraw most of the money, and then on Friday. They will literally redeposit money. That was, so I did that or prefer to do that. Um, and then DraftKings messed up my deposit limits. Right. Uh, and well, the, I'm just saying like that, that was, that was something that happened to me. Um, here's my advice. So I would sit down because after everybody ever has a good hit of five figures or more, thinks that they can just like jump in, you know, like, Oh man, here we go. Like now I get to, you know, play the, the higher dollar contest and I get to play the five to five or whatever. Um, you know, take, you know, take shots and that's fine. I think that it's important to understand that you now have a bigger bankroll and that you can now play with more if you are comfortable. So there are a couple things here. First off, you need to sit back and you need to think about how, treat dfs moving forward that's the biggest thing i always talk like my big thing is talking about goals right what is your goal with dfs now that you have 
hit with enough to develop a decent bankroll to start playing with somewhat decent volume. Remember, $100,000 is an okay bankroll. It's it's okay, but it's not a bankroll where you're going to have significant volume. Um, it's a bankroll where now you can have more volume than you did before, but not like in the levels of like Blender, right? You're not you're not in the no the no no. You are in my you are um, no no no. I I want to I want to highlight that you're not in the levels of of Osimo and and. Rick 75 and, Utica, and like, DK reader and stuff like that. Like right. you're, you're not, no, in you're my level. level. Right. Cause I'm, I'm a fucking nit. So yeah, you're on, <laughs> you're on, you are on my, you are on my level, but I okay. don't play like what's my volume. Like my, my, like dude, on DraftKings, I played $1,700 worth of volume on Sunday. I, right, yeah, yeah. your, your volume is still very muted. Yeah. Your volume is still pretty muted. So you can play, you, you just need to, to think about, okay, what do you want to come from your DFS play now? That's the first spot. Do you want to try to continue building a bankroll to where you can then try to develop a secondary income source? Do you want to um, try to play in a way that allows you to have more opportunities for these larger hits? Do you want to or do you still want to play for fun? Like, is it something where you now want to try to have a bait? Like, Figure out what your goals are with your DFS play. After you figure that out, then that is going to determine how much your bankroll should be on any given slate or week or month or year, whatever. Uh, I I am a big fan personally of not keeping my money on on DraftKings. Uh, I like to deposit each week or month, depending on what sports are going on. If it's NFL, then I if it's MLB slash NBA, then I deposit monthly. Um, those kind of things are more personal preference. But the big thing is understanding how much you want to, like what you want to make from DFS. And that should determine how much you have in play each given week, depending on your bankroll. So for 100K, if that's your bankroll overall, right? Like you still need to figure out how much you'd like to play on each individual daily slate, how much you'd like to play on each individual weekly slate, depending on what sport you are playing and how long the seasons last. It's different for NFL and MMA and stuff like that. That There's a lot that comes down to it. And, and the biggest thing is this does not mean that you are now a high roller and you shouldn't play as such. You shouldn't be, if, if you were just like a hand builder, if you were just playing single entry or three max, you should not jump into MME. You need to learn MME before you jump into MME. If you are already an MME guy and you've been maxing out like the twenty, the four dollar twenty max, or like you've been going the, the mini max or whatever, it probably doesn't mean that you're ready to start maxing out the flagship because that's still probably going to be above your bankroll. Um, there's just there are so many things that come into it, and a lot of it has to do with what kind of a player are you. What do you want to get out of your DFS play? And then once you've figured that out, then you can start tailoring your bankroll towards how much you have in play for daily and weekly contests. And this is ignoring prop betting, side betting, stuff like that. That's that's even an entirely other thing when it comes to bankroll. So first off, congrats. Second off, sit down, figure out what you want to do for the next year. And it's per- it's perfectly fine if you like, I'm just going to take 90, I'm going to take $95,000 out and put it into a retirement fund and put it into your kid's college fund or, and it's also like, perfectly fine. I'm going to take the $95,000 and just buy a fancy car 
Because I like, that's what I enjoy. Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, well, now I did, like, it's not this, like, there are plenty, I, I guarantee you there's some uh, Joe Schmo that's won a million dollars on the toilet that cashed it out, paid the taxes, and just like, I'm, I'm going to buy a fancy house or whatever. Like, they're not thinking about, like, oh, this is money that I'm investing into DFS or into, and like, you don't, that, that doesn't need to be you. And also, even if, like, what contest are you, are you playing even? It's like, mm -hmm. like, where's the best way? Because sometimes volume, like in prop betting, volume matters. So like for me, like I had on, on NFL, I could bring, I could bring it up on my phone. Like an, an NFL yesterday or overall yesterday, it was mostly NFL. I had, I had seven, I had 72 props for yesterday's NFL. Uh, the total total wagered was 2870. So almost $3,000 in props. I made just under 300 bucks. $288.03, right? In college football, the day before, I, I'll bring it up because Pickett doesn't have a web interface. So, yeah. So on college football, I had 199. I It wasn't just college football. It was college football, NBA, NHL. 199 props. 199 bets. I had like $7,000 <laughs> of Right, because it's it's not like a hundred, but it's like thirty bucks on this, fifty bucks on that, twenty dollars on this, sixty dollars on that, like all of that. Uh, I made on that volume, I made five hundred and thirty bucks, which is great ROI. Right, which it would tend. I'm I'm looking at eight to ten, eight to twelve percent, something in that range. Sometimes it'll dip to you know six to ten, mm -hmm. but ten percent ROI on five thousand dollars is five hundred bucks, and that surely beats you know doing something I hate, how, but how could I, but how could I do it? Because it's a small percentage of my bankroll and I'm just doing it volume based on that. And volume based approaches work so much better on lower variance. Right. Things. Right. I mean, like, I don't mind, like, like dude, a, a bad prop day is me still winning like 42% of the props. I'm, I'm going to be down money, but it's, it's not like DFS where you could be minus 90% on a showdown slate, right? So it's like, where do I want to invest the money? If you wanted to go by volume, I mean, you may find that DFS isn't like, like it would be much, if, if your goal is to like, I want to use this as an investment fund to build up just more money. Like maybe you don't even play DFS. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe true, triply, <laughs> Maybe you'd like, I'm just going to take all the money and put it in the stock market and just get my S&P 500 return and that's, and then never play DFS again. I mean, that's fine also. I mean, like, like we come from this notion, especially on, on, you know, we're doing DFS content, obviously here, Roto Grinders of like, oh, well, now I have this money. Now what am I going to do with DFS? It's like, if, if you get the best return, if, if you're, if that's your goal, if that's your goal, James, right. You mentioned goals. Your goal is how can I use this hundred thousand dollars to earn additional money? Well, the the answer to that may have nothing to do with DFS sports betting or any. I mean, it could be you're investing in your brother's pizzeria. I mean, like, like it could be, oh, 40 grand. I'm gonna 
I'm going to help my my wife start her new. Uh, she does baking, and we're going to have we're going to she's going to do catering. It's like it could be that, right? Don't just limit yourself to like oh well. That I since I won this money in DFS, it has to stay in DFS. It's like no, get the hell out of here if you if you have something better to to do it. Don't be a degenerate like us. Right. right. That's going to just press for 2% edges regardless because we enjoy doing it. Right. But I mean, I, James, you've heard me say over the past year that, well, yes, I teach DFS content and I do play DFS. I'm going to be playing NHL tonight. Right. I'm going to have uh, some lineups in the $5 poke check. I'm, you know, learning the sport. But yeah, I'll, I'll have $75 in lineups in DFS on DraftKings. But in tonight's NHL, I may have like $2,000 worth of NHL props, right? right? So like this, I'm like, I don't need to worry about anything else. Like, like I have to learn DFS and compete against other great players for the equity that's remaining in there. But like if the sports books are going to come up, put up bum shots on goal props and block shots props. Right. Like, dude, why, 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 why am I? Why am I trying to win five grand, 20 grand in the NHL DFS lobby? It's like, I'm going to commit more, way more money for that. And then, yeah, DFS is, I'll take some shots, right? That's, it's like the 80-20 rule, but it's like 80% is in sports betting and 20% is in DFS. And the more, and and the, the thing is, the more and more, as time goes on, the more and more I side with the the, the props than I do with the, the DFS. Because it's like, why why am I playing all these double ups when it's like, like all I had to do is like put all these, all this money I could have just put on props and just made like 8%. And it's like, well, yeah, why don't I just do why don't, why don't I just take the extra 200 bucks? Right. Instead of like the 1700 I put in DFS, it's like, that would have been another $200 in props. And I didn't have to sweat, you know, is Trey McBride's going to catch a ball at the end of the game. Do I have to sweat? You know, is Lamar going to get the rushing touchdown and not Gus Edwards? Like, I do. Most of the props are decided by then. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I struggle with kind of the same idea sometimes. Um, but in relation to like cash versus GPP and at this point, like for NBA, I'm going to have what would be my cash game volume. I'm just going to put in a props and then have my GPP volume in, in the flagship and just have that. Um, Props are, are something that I, I think that people find them boring and I understand why people find them boring. Uh, but they are, they are a really nice source over head to heads in terms of, of floor. And, and like we were saying, or like you were saying, um, as far as there are other ways to invest that money, like I could, if if I hit for a hundred thousand dollars, I would take fifty thousand of it and I would just put it in my Apple savings account, which has a four point one five APY. And I just get I just get four percent money on that account just for having it, which is cool. That might beat some of my DFS years that, because I'm such a good introspective for the entire year. Um, because I do the same in a money market account and I get yeah. about the same rate. Fifty thousand dollars in an account like that at the end of the year. I mean, it gets paid monthly, but that's two thousand bucks for just having the money. Like it's just right, it's just there. I mean, it's an yeah. the difference is that that's an APR versus when you do props. I mean, you're churning this daily, right? So when I when right, you say yeah. so you get compound, return, it's eight percent right. daily on the volume. Yeah, you get much. But, I mean, much more exponential growth on that. 
it, it's just that you people love GPPs, and I get it. People love their skill expression in GPPs, and I, and I get that. Once you have money, you have to be smart about making more money. And that's something that has been kind of hard for me personally to learn. Um, because I didn't, I, I grew up and I didn't have money. So then when I had money, you know, three years ago or whatever, uh, it was hard for me to learn to just take that money and make more money. But now, now it's kind of hammered home a little bit more. And, um, I guess that's another lesson that can be taught. Like you start to think about money differently when you have, so think about it a little bit more. Uh, you know, we got, got a little off topic or anything from a review, but I mean, I think this is important and especially if you're here live. Right. If you're here live, we take care of you more so than the people that are listening later. So if you have any questions or anything, you always post it in the chat. But just like Donnie said, he's like, he's not to switch topics, but about head to heads and DraftKings. Normally, it, it, I, I, I see your team. Your, your team's fine. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily, I didn't think that the, I thought the three running back build was better than the four wide receiver build. But I mean, when you play AJ Brown in cash, I mean, you're not going to lose. I mean, when he scores 44, whatever points, I mean, whatever, whatever the hell he scored. So, yeah, so then your lineup's fine. Lamar, Kamara, Brees, A.J. Brown, Downs, Bourne, McBride, Flowers, Jaguars defense. Perfectly fine. I mean, I sacrifice. I went down from A.J. Brown to Adam Thielen and went up from one of the cheaper running backs to, to, to like Downs or Bourne to Pacheco. So, like, my cash lineup was Lamar, Kamara, Brees, Thielen, Downs, Flowers, McBride, Pacheco, Jags. And I uh, I missed on double ups, but I play mostly head to head. So I, I lost like 15% or something. I'm realizing. I, that... I, I think I won like 48, 49% of double ups, uh, 49% of head to heads. FanDuel, I bombed. FanDuel was hard. Don't <laughs> worry about FanDuel. Like, I'm, I'm realizing that in my article yesterday, I wrote. LD's defense, which is funny. Um, but yeah, I the only thing that I would say that probably would have been a better 1v1 choice there would have been Tank Dell over Josh Downs. And that's just because of ownership. But Tank Dell came in. We 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 were talking a little bit about it earlier, but Tank Dell came in under Nico Collins, and I was blown away by that. I thought Tank Dell would be I, I thought the ownerships would be flipped. I thought that it would be Nico Collins 12% and Tank Dell at 20%. And yeah, that, that was uh, that that an uh, uh, industry associates of ours at Roto Grinders probably had a lot to do with uh, with the Nico the Nico, the bump in Nico Collins ownership for whatever reason. But, yeah, uh, probably. But but you get people can get ownership and projections and stuff from you if they if they like your stuff. If if you were more it, your projection was co more correct than Tony Pollard, right? One game sample size. Right. Hey, look, dude, I specialize in smaller samples, right? So mm -hmm. there you go. One game sample. I was right. Everybody else. Um, but yeah, if you You're... if you like any of that kind of stuff and, and want something that is a really good um add-on to Roto Grinders, uh paterdfs.com. Find all my stuff over there. And you can find me on Twitter at pater underscore dfs. I also have to add the caveat that although you projected Pollard lower, you're also someone that faded Brees Hall. <laughs> He's fifty six percent owned in the one fifty, man. That's too much. I thought he would be forty percent, and he came in way over. That was that hurt. Well, you could pick up. Uh, we do. Come, we have conversations. We have uh, chapters on uh, bankroll management, or you know, risk risk management more so in both the courses. 
theory of daily fantasy sports, how to think like a professional DFS player, as well as how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players, which comes with custom Excel tools. You can pick that up. Me and James both have it available at theoryofdfs.com. Uh, we got a new tool coming out here on Roto Grinders. They may be talking about it a little bit later on uh, Grinders Live. We got some basketball today. We got uh, obviously the pre-lock show later tonight for a Monday night football. So check that out. You could always get a notification when their shows go live by clicking on that bell, that little bell, little belly bell, right? So click that, click the subscribe button, click the thumbs up button, gives those thumbsy, 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 thumbs on your way out the door. And, uh, and I'll be on tomorrow, probably talking a little bit about the new tool that we have the, our, our Sim Labs product that, uh, that you, you may be able to check out. You may be, you may, I'm saying this is a maybe, may be able to check out tonight and use it for the showdown slate for tonight's football game, possibly for nothing. And may not, you may not even need to be a premium member to do that. I'm not sure. Or maybe you do need to be a premium member and you can still check it out. It's one of the two. Become a premium member anyway. Click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And I'll be talking more about that tomorrow. Maybe with maybe Jamino will make an appearance, right? We rarely get... Chris Jamino, head of product, and uh, you know the, the 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 brains behind all of the the data science here at Roto Grinders. Maybe he'll come on tomorrow to explain some of it to you. So join me, uh, like you do every every weekday, eleven o'clock Eastern. Because I'm always talking about thing all, all the things that you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.